Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or creates thoughts that uplevel your life so that you can know from the deepest depths of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer, holistically after surgery, without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with Source so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most purposeful and joy-filled life now and enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Mary D Show. And today is episode 13, How to Measure Your Value. What happens when life shakes us and skews how we identify with ourselves? Uh, What I know that I wish I had known before I had the worst year of my life is I wish I had remembered that my value as a soul on this earth does not have to be tied to my career or earning ability or even achievement. I think people can get really caught up in achievement, in collecting trophies that somehow we perceive as our identity, and then we can't or don't achieve or keep collecting trophies throughout life, and then somehow we decide we no longer have value. This makes me think about those guys who relive their glory days from high school football. Somehow they became adults, and as they reflect over their life, the last place they can pop in a bookmark is to achievement that made them feel a sense of worth and accomplishment. I know this profile well, because after all, my Enneagram is a three, which is named The Achiever. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the end of 2017, and that same day, I met with my surgeon to receive the actual diagnosis. My dog died. A couple months later, I was just two weeks out of a double mastectomy, only to be served with a lawsuit from the Federal Trade Commission that was suing me personally, as well as my company, uh, any company that had my name on it, basically. And one of the worst parts of that lawsuit is that at the time, the law allowed the FTC to also freeze your assets. And life was definitely putting me in the blender and hitting the high speed button. At least that's what it felt like. And at a time when I should have been resting and healing, I instead was frustrated and reeling. When unpleasant circumstances show up, it's not difficult to go straight into a funk. I remember laying in the grass in my backyard, having a very serious conversation with God where I was feeling defeated and I wanted God to just end it for me. If I die, then all of the sorrow goes away too. That was my thinking at the time. And I was rethinking my definition of health and wellness. I was rethinking my entire career. Should I have picked a different career, a different industry? Uh, How was I going to get back on my feet? How was I going to recover from this? How was I going to move forward in a way I knew how? If it meant that all that I had just spent a lifetime earning was going to be pulled out from under me in one fell swoop. I did question my value. I did question my reputation. I questioned my associations. 
And these answers to these questions brought me back to my own value proposition of how I see myself. And I actually decided that it actually didn't matter what other people think. What other people think of me is none of my business. Who I am, who I see myself as, as my self-worth, my self-evaluation, those are what are most important because I have to be the one to go to bed with me every night and spend all day with myself on a daily basis. Through all the adversity, there are some key things that I did to go back to myself. And I believe they made a huge difference in helping me shift from frailty and hopelessness into confidence and resolve. The first thing is I stopped the negative chatter around me and I paused to reflect and remember who I am. My value as a person has nothing to do with my earning ability or even the condition of my body except the value I give it or the way that I might allow others to project their beliefs onto me. The Asian side of my family with the last generation practicing arranged marriages comes from my mother's side, and they held the belief that you should marry very young, sometimes 14, 15 years old. So imagine me at 22, uh, having dated the same guy since I was 19, I was beginning to be an old maid. So throw in also religious pressure around values like sex before marriage, being a sin. Now you have a double trouble situation where the pressure from my mom is high for me to hurry up and get married. And being the young and inexperienced young lady that I was at 22, I gave in. I got married. I got married when all I really wanted was to be engaged and know that I was building a life with someone. We were barely 18 months in when things started really unraveling. And as I've shared in previous shows, this was my moment to let go of others' expectations of me because my decisions lead to my actions. And those actions are my reward or consequence that I get to live with. And I'm not giving that power away again. So a great lesson to learn, though a painful one. When it came to the FTC and their headlines and how they showed up to paint a slanted and ugly picture, I had to remind myself that this is part of their playbook. They play dirty and they do that because they know they can get away with it and they want to control the narrative. They want to create a perception. And I am not those headlines. When it came to the thoughts I was having around my work in the world, this is also where I had to take a good look back at my track record. I hadn't just built one company and watch it burn to the ground. The company at the heart of the lawsuit was barely two years old. One black eye doesn't make a person blind. I actually built many successful companies before then, and I was really proud of myself for being able to go back and connect the dots and see that I actually have a pattern of success in my teams, my businesses, my networks. And it was during this time that so many people showed up for me to check in on me, to remind me of how they knew me and have seen me. And the people who knew me were still my biggest cheerleaders. More importantly, I was my biggest cheerleader. I knew this season of my life sucked and I knew it was going to pass. The most sufferable part of it was in how slowly it was passing. Remembering who you are has to do with what you allow yourself to believe. It's how you perceive your world. And that leads me to my second observation, which is your perception creates your reality. So be careful about what you choose to believe about yourself. 
When I was in elementary school, I went to a predominantly Caucasian school in the middle of Central Texas, and I did not look like the other kids. One day on the playground, I heard a couple of the boys singing a little sing-song that was meant to throw a racial slur, and it went something like this. Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. And they would put their fingers to the corners of their eyes and pull to infer slanty Asian eyes. It actually wasn't until I became an adult that I was able to actually process the fact that these kids were trying to be mean. It didn't land on me at all as I stood there on that playground as a child. And the reason it didn't land is because I was very clear about the facts. I'm not Chinese. I'm not Japanese. I actually have fairly big, round almond eyes. And I also remember thinking to myself, why is he doing that with his eyes? His eyes are actually already kind of small and slanty. And his eyes were actually much smaller than mine. That was actually my observation. So I had this very logical and literal observation about how I was processing these racial slurs. And I was allowing myself to lead with logic rather than emotion. And I believe it's that way of thinking that allowed me to create a buffer in my nervous system that keeps me grounded. So instead of going down an emotional spiral, I'm able to ground myself in logic. So go figure. But it's a wonderful way to step out of the high of emotions and into some practical thinking to ground yourself when situations like this might show up. So the question you might ask yourself or ponder on or journal is this. How do I see myself and why do I see myself that way? How can I see myself from another angle? And when I do, what else do I see? These answers might surprise you or they might remind you of who you are or who you desire to become. If you're very honest, you might see some shortfalls. And I encourage you to acknowledge those and further ask yourself what actions and perceptions need readjusting so that you can be aligned to your highest, most expressed self that you love. There is a story I love about a farm where there lived two identical twin boys who saw the world very differently. Both children indicated that they would love to have a pony. So on their birthday, the father took the first child into the barn. And in the barn was a giant pile of horse manure, six feet tall and eight feet wide. And the first child saw the pile and he started crying. He was devastated, so devastated, he ran away in tears. The father took the next child to the barn, and again, there was the same giant pile of horse manure, six feet tall and eight feet wide, and the second child instantly ran to the pile of manure, jumped on top of it, started digging through it joyfully with both hands, screaming, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Getting perspective and choosing how to see the world is how we train our brain to perceive. And those perceptions create our actions that create our reality, even when life presents us with a room full of poop. The third observation I had about measuring my value was remembering that I am a miracle. And so are you. How a baby is formed in the womb is still a modern miracle. No matter how you were conceived, it was a miracle. The little sperm holding my DNA raced to the egg and got through first. And that was the first little achievement of my life in becoming a human being. It's true for all of us, whether that happened in a Petri dish or the good old-fashioned way. You may have heard the term, we are made of stars. And I hope you know that this little fun fact is true. Research scientists who use spectroscopy measure the distribution of essential elements in life 
and over 150,000 stars in the Milky Way galaxy, meaning they have measured the actual elements that exist in stars. And they say that 97% of the human body consists of stardust, of those same elements. We are all living, breathing little miracles. And there's so much wonder and beauty and gratitude in seeing how special you are if you choose to acknowledge it. So to recap, the three ways to measure your value when you need help seeing yourself are to, number one, stop the negative chatter around you so you can pause to reflect and remember who you are. Number two, your perception creates your reality. So be careful about what you choose to believe about yourself. And number three, remember that you are a miracle. Darling, you are a star. Don't let anyone dim your shine. We'll see you back here next week with my guest. And until then, may abundance always walk beside you. May joy always go before you and may love always guide you on your path. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me at www.maryd.com. That's M-A-R-Y-D-E-E.com. Follow and like us at Facebook or Instagram at the Mary D. That's the T H E Mary D M A R Y D E E. 